Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Let's begin with a prayer. The eyes of all look to you, O Lord, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Amen. When it comes to camping, I'm all in. Every summer, my family and I take seven to ten days and go on a rather lengthy camping trip. It's a great bonding activity, and I would encourage all of you to do it. But let it be said right now, it's the indoor variety. Four walls around us and a ceiling over our head. A warm, cozy bed and bathroom facilities. And, of course, a continental breakfast. Don't expect me to spend any time in a flimsy canvas tent or to get down and dirty in a pit toilet. That being said, indoor camping has its share of crises. Whether it's in the car on the way to our destination or once we've arrived, catastrophes are bound to occur and complaints are sure to surface. The car's too hot. The car's too cold. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. She's not carrying her share of the load. Why aren't we stopping where I want to eat? Tensions can run high and morale can run low. Isn't there any way to get out of this? As we heard last week, the Old Testament Israelites were facing crises similar to these. The long journey from Egypt to Palestine was arduous. There were hardships aplenty. The food was monotonous and tasteless. Fortunately, the Lord God was at the center of their camp. Despite a degree of pain, the crises were overcome. A story was created that united the people of God for generations to come. And so right here at the get-go, let me ask, what crises are you facing as you make your lifelong journey with Jesus? With what catastrophes are you dealing as you make your way to the promised land of heaven? As you ponder that, may the Lord of history lead you to the conviction that when he is at the center of your camp, when your eyes and your attention are focused on him and his wonderful promises, the crises will be overcome and a story of God's faithfulness will be created. Today, let's go camping with Moses. Let's see Moses caught in the middle. Let's hear God's wonderful promise of poultry. And let's be warned by dinner and death. Moses is having one of those days. 
Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. When the people cried out to Moses, he prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. Whew! Crisis number one averted. God hears, God answers Moses' prayer, and the wildfire, which has been burning at the outskirts of the camp, is extinguished with no loss of life. Crisis number two. Then the rabble among them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish that we ate in Egypt at no cost. We'll come back to that one later. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Apparently some Egyptians had married Israelites, and now they're traveling with them to the promised land of Palestine. They recall how good they had it back in their homeland of Egypt, and they start bellyaching. This bad attitude rubs off on the rest of the Israelites, and pretty soon the entire camp is whining. You know the old saying, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. This grumbling reaches such a level, such a din, that Moses can hear all the whining and wailing from his own tent. Let's go back to that at no cost. Really? Had the people really forgotten the way it was? Had they forgotten the scorching heat, the back-breaking labor, the lashes on their backs? Had they forgotten the bitter burden of their bondage to the Egyptians? How quickly they, how quickly we fickle human beings forget. And Moses gets caught up in the middle. Sounding a bit like Robert Barone on Everybody Loves Raymond, he asked the Lord, Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their forefathers? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you are going to treat me, put me to death right now, if I have found favor in your eyes, and do not let me face my own ruin. <laughs> wow. What a tongue lashing Moses gives God. Why me? I didn't ask to be the leader of these people. I didn't aspire to the position. I'm not in charge of the food supply. I can't magically produce meat for them. Lord, I've had it. Just put me to death. It really is a heart-rending prayer. 
And for those of us who are willing to do some serious soul searching, it hits close to home in our heads and in our hearts. Regardless of the situation in which we find ourselves, how often aren't we praying, why me, Lord? But this is a prayer for deliverance. As Moses prays, if I have found favor in your eyes, he's praying with the same spirit of faith and trust that Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. As Jesus knelt before his heavenly Father with clenched fingers, he prayed, not my will but yours be done. You see, that's the kind of prayer that God loves to hear. And that's the kind of prayer that God loves to answer. He provides Moses with everything he needs. Seventy elders to help him in his leadership. Pastor Strobel will talk more about that next week. And a solution to the food problem in the form of quail to feed the people. And man, did the quail come. God told Moses... Tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. The Lord heard you when you wailed, if only we had meat to eat, we were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat, and you will eat it. You will not eat it for just one day or two days or five or ten or twenty days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wailed before him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? Be careful what you ask for. Moses responds to God's promise of meat in a very logical, worldly way. He misunderstands God's divine power and his amazing abilities and asks the same question that Jesus' disciples ask in our gospel today. When Andrew informs Jesus that there is this handful of food, five small barley loaves and two small fish at his disposal, he adds this question seemingly dripping with sarcasm, but how far will they go among so many? Moses does the same thing. He says, Here I am among 600,000 men on foot, and you say I will give them meat to eat for a whole month? Would they have enough if flocks and herds were slaughtered for them? Would they have enough if all the fish in the sea were caught for them? God's response is quick and it is sharp. Is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true for you. Jesus fed thousands, filling 12 baskets with the leftovers. God's about to feed hundreds of thousands above and beyond what they need. What's the lesson? Be careful what you ask for. Hardly. God wants us to ask. And he wants us to trust that he will always give us what we need. 
In words that many of us use as our mealtime prayer, the psalmist says, the eyes of all look to you, O Lord, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. If we need it, not if we want it, if we need it, God gives it. As David once mused, I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. And this is so true of our spiritual needs. What is it that we need from God? We need his love, right? We need his forgiveness, right? We need his peace. We need his assurance us in his perfect life, his painful suffering and his sacrificial dying. God met these needs. It is finished. Jesus cried out from the cross. In fact, in Jesus' resurrection from the dead, God gives us all the proof we need, the guarantee that all of our spiritual needs have been met. The Spirit empowered the Apostle Paul to write, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus that we can join our hearts and our voices with the Apostle John and exclaim, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. And what's more, God gives us way more than what we need. Listen to Paul. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, to him be glory through all generations. Were you paying attention? Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. God sets no limits to his blessing us. How about this one? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Jesus fed thousands with a handful of food. God provided meat for hundreds of thousands, far beyond what they needed. These two examples give us all the evidence we need that our God loves to provide what we need and even blesses us far and beyond what we need. God loves a cheerful giver. Do you know why? Because he's a cheerful giver. So, no, not watch what you ask for, but ask. Ask boldly. Ask for whatever you want. And let God bless you according to the way that he knows best. Now a wind went out from the Lord and drove quail in from the sea. It scattered them up to two cubits deep all around the camp, as far as a day's walk in any direction. All that day and night and all the next day, the people went out and gathered quail. No one gathered less than ten homers. Then they spread them out all around the camp. 
But while the meat was still between their teeth, and before it could be consumed, the anger of the Lord burned against the people, and he struck them with a severe plague. The Lord keeps his promises. His arm isn't too short, as Moses intimated. An amazing and astounding amount of quail miraculously appears. From the Hebrew, it's either three feet deep, or they're flying around at a height of three feet above the ground. And nobody gathers fewer than 60 bushels. Some for now, some for later. And then God's punishment strikes, and many perish in the plague. This is a difficult section. There's a month of sermons here. Did the people die because they were greedy? Did those who didn't complain also die in the plague? How about those who had followed God's command and consecrated themselves? I don't know. In his wisdom, God has chosen not to give the answers to those questions. But there are lessons to be learned. Suffice it to say, you and I worship a God, a creator God, a savior God, a sanctifying God who is a passionate God. Before he gave the commandments, God said, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. In both his law and his gospel, God is serious. He's not a God to be trifled with. He's a God who's serious when he threatens sin with death and damnation. And he's just as serious when he promises life and salvation to those who are in Christ Jesus. May we never take God and what he says at anything less than seriously. Let's not trifle with our God and what he says. And let's be on our guard that we don't accept God's blessings casually, for an indifferent attitude is always an insult to the Lord. And so, my friends, as we journey with Jesus to the promised land of heaven, let's keep the Lord at the center of our camp. Let's keep our eyes focused on Him and His Word and His good and gracious promises. In short, let's keep looking up. Amen. Now the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ Sermon Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.